Hey guys, welcome to Combos with Cam. And we're gonna do an additional um reality reels because in my original one I was like basically going in and I'm like, oh yeah, I couldn't even really think of any of the other other couples. And I wanted to correct myself because um Chris and Paige, they are not the only black um couple on the show. Actually they have a few uh biracial um couples. So I just wanted to give my little insight on that and go from there. So we're gonna start with Vincent and Brianna. I mean their vibe is good. I like them. I think that they both want to be married. I like Vincent a lot. I think he's a stand up guy. He's very committed. I do think some something is wrong with Vincent. I don't know if he's like a like an angry person or he has a temper problem or something. It's something that's not right. He seems super sweet all the time and then all of a sudden he has these moments where it's like, uh, what's going on with you? Like he got really upset with Brianna because he was opening the champagne and he opened in the spill then I mean granted, Brianna She's a woman, a professional woman. I think she's like an engineer or whatever. You know, unfortunately, sometimes black women, we have been taught to be strong, raised in super-duper female households, you know, and we learn to be hard, tough, you know, don't take no shit, but I, and I make my own money. I say what I want to say, but marriage, that's not marriage. You can't be married, married with that kind of attitude. That's not going to work. That compromise got to be hitting or it ain't going to work. So um, I think that because of her position and her being alone for so long, and she's another one who used to have serial, like, these serial terrible relationships, and I think for her, she's gonna have to do some work about that, because, like, I mean, she's a little condescending sometimes when she talks, she talks, you know, she's forward, like most women, forward, um, assertive, some would say aggressive, some would perceive it as disrespectful, apparently the manner in which she speaks or says things, it really rubs, um, her husband, Vince, in the wrong way, so I don't know, they gotta work on that, because, I don't know, I feel like, um, he had a relevant point, but I don't really think I like the way he handled it, he was like, walking away, like, he really needed to calm down, like, I felt like the situation wasn't that serious, but people feel the way they feel, and that's fine, I feel like once they go and work on that, she got a lot of work to do, she had to work and learn how to calm down, let him be the man in the household, I don't care how much money you make as an uh, engineer, darling, if you don't, if that man doesn't step up to a level that you can respect him as the man in the house, the, re the relationship will be a joke, period, that's how I feel, um, but basically for them, they're good, they, their vibe is good, they got good energy or whatever, I think that they need to spend a little time, maybe therapy, maybe something, like, go get that together, because if they get them little components together, I think they can really have a successful marriage or whatever, so I, I, I'm for them, so thumbs up to, um, Vincent and Brianna, all right, we already, well, child, we already talked about Chris and Paige at length, we are not going back there, um, Clara and Ryan, so, I guess that this is the the show's, like, their take on a, I guess, a biracial black and white couple. Oh, let me preface it by saying, Brianna and Vincent, also mixed race. Brianna is African-American, 
Vincent is Latino. Latino, right? So, want to say that. So now on to Clara and Ryan. Ryan is a black man, but basically raised in a mostly white community. Mostly all his friends are white. You know, so he, I think that black kids that's raised in white communities, mostly white communities, they're different. They see different if they were raised in a, like I always say, like people always tell me, oh, you know, I was raised in Brooklyn. So, but people always say to me, my daughter will be different because she's around, you know, a mostly white population where we live at. And I feel like the schooling is different and you have to interact a little bit more than you would before. So you're probably going to have the equal amount of white friends as you do black friends kind of situation. So, yeah. So I think that that's what's Ryan's deal. He's just, he's black. It's kind of like the whole kinfolk, skinfolk thing. So I'm still playing that out to see how that goes. He's married to Clara, ultra white, blonde girl. Um, he seems to be very happy with her. He's a guy who he's dated white women before. I don't know. I feel like I think that was his preference. No shade, whatever you, whatever floats your boat. But yeah, they seem really good. She seems super attracted to him. She claims in her early on in her information that she dates anything and anybody. I don't know, that's a little concerning. I don't like a woman who says she did anything because it's questionable sometimes. But anyway, so yeah, they got together. Their vibe seems good. I think that Ryan is super reserved and he's going to have to do some work to kind of break out of that shell because Clara, she's a big drinker. She's a big talker. She's a big, um, oh, here's my feelings here out on the table. Oh, love me, love me. That can be a lot. If you're dealing with a guy like Ryan, he eats the same breakfast. He go to bed at the same time. I think she said he go to bed at like 9 o'clock or something like that. And she's like, yeah, little party girl is. She like to have a good time. She like to throw him back. I think that ideally I see why the experts matched him because it's supposed to be to pull one extreme to the next. She should pull him out of his shell and he should hope to calm her down. I don't know if they're going to be able to pull that off organically. I think that they're going to have to go to counseling. They're going to have to get a mediator or something because I feel like Ryan is not flexible enough for it to happen organically. <laughs> so I think that that's going to be something that they face. Clara's super duper sexually frustrated because she's like, we've been together, we've been married. And you know, Clara, she's a self-proclaimed love addict. She loves everybody. She says she loves everybody that she ever been with. She says she she that's her thing. Ryan, um, Ryan, on the other hand, he's never said I love you. I think he's like, he might be 30. So that's a little alarming. Mm, I don't know about that. So Clara probably already ready to say she loves him. You know, she's so extra sometimes. She got to tone that down because that can come off as annoying or in something you don't want to be around. So they're going to need some help. Like, I don't think that organically this thing is going to snap and fall into place. For some reason, Ryan is not wanting to sleep with her. And I think it's because he feels like as soon as they have sex, Clara's going to be like, I love you. And I think that he is so not ready for that. And that's what I think was why he holding the pain. Because I don't understand the no other reason, but I'm, I got to go with that. The show will play out. We'll see what happens. So with them, I don't know. It's like a hit or miss because I feel like Ryan is very set in his ways and he seems like he can get annoyed really easy. And Clara... 
she's on ninety five thousand all the time, so it's a little like it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a lot. So I'm I'll see what happened with them. Um, next couple is let me see, Eric and Virginia. Oh, I don't know about this. Um, Eric is an older man. He's like in his like he's like thirty nine or something like that. Virginia is like. 29 or something crazy like that. So it's like, bruh, they, she's like substantially younger than him. So she's big. She's a big drink. I think she's an alcoholic. Honestly, she's a huge drinker, shot taker, large bottle of wine in the night, throw it back. Like she's about that life. It's real crazy. And he's like a pilot. He don't really drink like that. He don't really do whatever. So I'm I'm guessing I see why they match them. I think they're way too, too apart, far, far apart from each other for the age group. I think that that age group is, it's a little far. She still like to go to the club. Like, what are we doing? Like, you can't be married up in the club. So now what happened is she, she drinks heavily, number one, first restaurant. Red on red flag, red flag, red flag. Anybody see a red flag? I see a red flag. She drinks a lot. She's always drinking all day, every day. Secondly, I feel like she likes to hang out with her friends. She's obsessed with her friends. And I feel like when you grow up, you got to put away childish things. She's super childish. She's like a kid. Um, Third, she, all her, her best friends are men. She gets drunk and passes out and spends the night at her male friend's house. So one time she's at, at least a, a couple times or a couple times a week. Mm, that don't sound like nobody who's trying to be a whole grown married woman. That sounds childish. And um, the other thing, she got a serious case of anxiety. She need every time you see her, she's fiddling with her hair. She's fiddling with her clothes. Like it's like a kid. Like it's just weird. Eric, obviously, he's super attracted to her. She's young. He feels good. You know, those guys be into that. Oh, she's younger than me. She's 20-something. She hot. Yeah, but that shit is, that shit get old. You out here home by yourself looking for your for your wife and she up in the club. That's not what you looking for, 40-something-year-old pilot. You looking to be settled. You want to have a kid. This is second marriage, too, so I don't know about that. But, um, I don't know. I think that they got chemistry. She likes to be with him because I think he's like a fatherly figure, and that's something that she's into. So yeah, they kiss, they have sex, they do all of that. So I don't know about them. I I don't know. You got he the level of patience Eric is gonna have to have to tolerate Virginia. Virginia has to change a little. She don't and she don't want to. And I think that's gonna be what the problem is. You cannot be somebody's wife. Someone I'm going to hang out in the club. You don't even discuss it with them. That's not that's not how marriages work. It don't go like that. So even with Eric, he's trying to overly accommodate because he really wants her and he really wants it to work. But I think those accommodations for her is a mistake because it's really not going to show her what marriage is about and what it entails. And I think it's going to be a disaster. I don't know. I could be wrong. So um, lastly, the worst on this list, Haley and Jacob. Oh, my God. First of all, Haley, you are such a standoffish, judgmental, like, bougie bitch. Like, why are you even on the show? 
you've been in, I think she's the one, she haven't been in a serious relationship in like eight years. None of her friends know how to ever be in a relationship. And you go go marry a stranger? Where does that make sense? Like, that whole shit don't make sense to me. She gets there. Jacob, now, let's, let's be clear. Jacob is definitely an eyeball. A bit of a novelty. He has some kind of social awkwardness. Anytime she gets in front of people, he talks about the 80s and neon colors. And he got, like, 80s paraphernalia in his basement and fanny packs and thongs. It's weird. Now, if I'm a woman, I don't want no man talking about that bullshit when it's time to talk. That's mad embarrassing. Um, So... I think that she thinks he's a clown, and she thinks he's a joke, and she doesn't respect him. So I think what they went wrong here, instead of just saying, Haley saying, Jacob, I need you to chill out on this, this, and that, and you tell me some things that you would like me to do better, and let's work together to get that done, I think it would be more successful. But this, I'm going to just sit through this and let him do this and watch it. It's a mess. That that I think that they need to go ahead and get a, and go for the divorce because she don't love him. She don't like not love him, but she don't like him. She thinks he's a joke. You can't be with a man you don't respect. I promise you, it'll never work. He and then the problem is she done threw a wrench in the game. They had sex on a honeymoon. Why do that? You don't even like him, but she claims she thought she was basically she was drunk. She's another one who be hitting the bottle. So she was like, she she felt like doing it. She did it. I think the sex was not good. And she was like, oh, hell no. I'm not dealing with this for the rest of my life. Because she was really trying to work at it. Everything was going good. They had sex. After that, she didn't even want to talk to them. They was on a honeymoon. She going to lie and say all the girls is going out to have girl drinks the ladies' night. He get downstairs. All the guys is there. So basically, she didn't invite you. That's not good. So it's been crazy. Like, I don't know. I think they just you need to go ahead and wrap that up. Because them two, they don't need to be with each other. Like, I don't know. I don't think that's going to work. So um, I wanted to be fair and give my assessment on all the couples. Because, you know, it is an all-inclusive show. So I said, let me do that and tag it along to my original reality reels that was literally based all on Chris and Paige and that hot mess of a shenanigan. And I had a little commentary on the end about Karen and Miles and them. So um, that's it for this particular segment. Thank you guys for listening. Have an amazing day. And we will talk later. Hello, people. Welcome to Convos with Cam. We're going to do a little segment of Reality Reels. Um, Some of these issues are up to date. Some of them are a little behind, but give a sister a break. I got a whole lot going on, and I wanted to check in with my people. So, first we're going to start about the Texas and they them, um, um, what do you call it, eliminating the mass mandate and opening to a hundred percent capacity. Okay, so what the fuck? Like, I don't even understand. First of all, ever since the pandemic, I am so unsure about just people and we, what kind of fucking Twilight Zone world we are in. Because 
Lord Jesus, through the whole Trump admin, this fucking clown here sleeping, whole coronavirus thing came in, swooped down, killed over six, almost 600,000 um, innocent American people because y'all got this idiot up in the White House fiddling his fucking thumbs. I don't know. That whole thing, the racial unrest, the 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 George Floyd the 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 countless others it's just been a hot fucking confusing mess let's just start there for the world being closed the mask the corona that this to that it's just been too much like this really been too much but like here we are literally on the specific anniversary date of uh, the world, like basically, the country shutting down because of coronavirus, and we got these fucking clowns in Texas talking about we taking off masks, and we're having people at a hundred percent. What, what, what is really going on? Like the fact that this is even able to be done is literally beyond me. I have no words for it. My thing is, what has changed? There's nothing different. Coronavirus is still out here. People still dying, getting sick. Killing other people. You don't even know you're killing people. You get up. You go to the club. You come home. Your auntie's sitting there. You don't know that. Next thing you know, your auntie coughing. Next thing you know, she dead. The fuck? Y'all gotta stop. Like, I understand there's nobody more fatigued than me. There's nobody who wants this shit more over than me. I got a small child. You know how hard it is to tell a child who we used to go do everything all the, everywhere that you can't really go do nothing? It's not easy. But we still got to do what we got to do to get what we got to get. And that's the thing I don't understand. People are so fucking ignorant. It's beyond me. And the level of ignorance that's been displayed over this last year, there's literally no words, right? I have an extra set of frustration. I am a person who works in a hospital. I am extremely enamored by the way people are handling this. People are like, when did it become so that you're that desperate to go have a drink outside of your home that you want to risk your life to go sit in a fucking um, um, condensed air restaurant to eat. Like, I don't understand that. I mean, I don't judge people. Everybody should do what they got to do and what they want to do. But we here talking about me and what I think, and this is what I think. I think it's bullshit. I think it's bullshit. I think it's crazy. The people need to be taking this time to get into that mental health, work, get that work done. Figure out why you so willing to to risk your life to go to the club or to go hang out in the middle of a pandemic. Like, I don't understand that. I think that that has a lot to do with the fact that people are not happy with themselves or they're not happy with their partners. You know how many people got divorced? You know how many people got broken up? Because they couldn't even stand to be in the same room with each other. Like, I think that we need to not focus on the other things. We need to focus on the inner thing. These are the things that's making this really crazy to me. Like, in my own, this is me, I'm a person, I like going out. It's not something that I used to, I have been doing over the last couple of years often because, obviously, I have a child, I'm married, whatever. But I don't think the quarantine for me, my husband and my family, it ain't been really that bad. Like, to be honest with you, I'm not in a rush to go to nobody's restaurant or to go out in the street nowhere. There's nowhere I want to be. There's no food that I want that bad that I can't order, take out, and eat in my home. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it's because it's a city. People are more, like, enclosed in apartments, buildings, not enough space. 
Yeah, that's the truth. That's the consideration. People are going more crazy because they don't have a lot of space. They got the neighbors. They got so yeah. Okay, let me back it up. That's an option. That's something to think about. However, it doesn't mean go outside, be outside. People got their mask half on, half off. The ones who got their nose out, they got it over their mouth. Like, what is wrong with people? What is the problem? I don't understand. It's ways to wear masks to keep you safe. Appropriate. Over your nose, pinch nose, over your full mouth. Why is that an issue? But anyway, so now I'm talking about Texas. First of all, last week, y'all asses was on the um news begging for help, pipes busted, shit damaged, where's FEMA, this, then, a third. This week, this week, now take the mask off. How? How are we taking mask off and there's no cure for coronavirus? How? How are we taking mask off and there are at least three variants in the country, in the state, not even in the in the country. It's three of them. Once again, with no solutions. How are we doing that? And we're comfortable to stand up in front of the American people and say, "Oh, I say, take your mask off and go into a restaurant and go into establishments." This is insane to me. And the fact that people are applauding this is another thing that I can't seem to fathom to grasp, but I am a person who operates on logic. There's a lot of ignorant-ass, non-logical people out here, and that's fine. So now, we got these fools over here in Texas doing this. I don't know what the fuck they think got going on. So my thing is, in another two weeks, we didn't even get the counts from the people who was without without shelter, who had to go to stay in other people's houses and couldn't social distance because it was a matter of life or death. Now we're talking about the next week taking mask off. Y'all don't even got the numbers back from that, and this is what y'all are um, encouraging? Unfucking believable Okay, so now we got that. I don't know what y'all think what's going to happen from that, but I'm just over that shit. So then... A lot of people been showing this little clip about Wendy Williams. Wendy Williams talking about, oh, how she's not taking the COVID-19 the COVID vaccine. Fine. I'm not getting into it. That is the choice of whomever. But I feel like as... I do feel like as a celebrity or a public figure, you have a responsibility. Especially a public figure or a celebrity in the black community. I don't think that you should take a verbalized like public stance like that. I think that that's irresponsible. Now, people might say that's how she feel. That's what she want to do. All right, fine. But you got people who looking up to you. They don't know nothing else besides Wendy Williams and what she's talking about. My thing is, yeah, that's her. She's speaking from her very rich, sheltered, in place lifestyle. But when you got fans or people who are out here, gotta go to work. Don't don't can't sit home in the penthouse and, and, and broadcast live. They gotta go do what they gotta do, and they scared every day. They got families dependent on them. They got stuff going on. I think it's irresponsible for somebody to say, oh, to talk against something scientific that is out that's supposed to be moving to propel forward in the fight against COVID nineteen. You understand what I'm saying? Like I just feel like it's ways to do things. I don't like when um. Public figures take these stands, and I feel like a lot of these stands are not factually based. They're just based on their 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 experience or what they say their experience is. So I was highly annoyed by that. 
we could go back and forth about that all day. I feel like this. You don't want to take the vaccine. That's on you. You want to take the vaccine. That's on you. But my thing is, please do not make determinations about the vaccine based on non-facts. A lot of people are saying a lot of things about the vaccine, and they are not true. They are not true. Don't just listen to the sensationalism on television. Get the books. Get the facts. Call me. I got the facts directly from the hospital if you need some. Just saying. So, anyway, that's in the hint or there. So, I'm going to leave that right there because I was highly annoyed by that when I saw that today. Anyway, on a lighter note, on to something that's more entertaining. It's a little old to y'all, but we still going to talk about it because I ain't going to just talk about it. <sighs> Michael B. Jordan and this girl, Lori Harvey. Mmm. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Lori Harvey. Her and her baby hairs. Like, I'm not a fan of it. But, once again, she's like 20. She's like 20 or... She's like 20 years old. Like, I don't have any opinion about a 20-year-old. Like, people like, oh, she's just out here. She had to the highest bidder. I mean, it is what it is. It's no shade. Her mother is like that. Her mother is to the highest bidder. Her mother about this paper. She about... She about them coins. And I feel like, what else she going to be about? She going to be trying to get to the highest bidder to get her get her some notoriety and get her some stabilized, you know, traction in the industry. Michael B. Jordan, he's, he's, a, he's a um fan favorite. He's a fan favorite. And, I mean, that's what she trying. I mean, I ain't mad at her. She trying to get them ducks in a, in a, in a row. I'm not mad at that. I, f- I really have no opinion about her. I think that she's blah. I do not think that she's this big, gorgeous person. Like, I think that she's these girls. She look average. All the girls look the same now. So, I think that she's average. She, she looks good for what she's trying to do. She's 20. Who don't look good at 20? Everybody fucking look good at 20. Your body's perfect. Your skin is perfect. Your hair is perfect. You're two years old. What do you want to do with that? So, granted, Michael B. Jordan, the, the ladies love him. The people love him. I, I mean, I like him. He's cool. Um, I personally didn't. Nev- I never thought that Michael B. Jordan was a straight man. I never did. Like, that's my vibe. I don't get that from him. But who am I? I'm just saying what I think. Do I think? I don't think Michael B. Jordan is a straight man. That's my opinion. He might be a bisexual man. I'm not saying he's a gay man. I mean, I just don't think that he's fully straight man-woman. I literally have never seen Michael B. Jordan with a woman ever. Like, ever. All of the, um, 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 the, 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 what do you call it? The award shows, the this, the that. He always goes with his mother. He gives me very mama's boy vibes. He gives me on a low, low. That's what he gives me. But... Like I said, I'm just giving my opinion, right? Okay. So yeah, they and they and they, they got their little thing going on. How could you not be happy? He's ex- he's extremely rich. All you doing is vacation and is shopping. There's no real issues going on. Y'all living your best life. I wish him the best. Do I think they're getting married? No. Do I think that this is gonna be long term? No. Do I, I don't think that. I don't think that. That's just my opinion. Now. Maybe something to change, and we'll revisit it. But for right now, I think it's something to do, something to occupy, something to put the notch on the belt, something to kind of stir things up and mix it up and kind of like, 
um, cover your tracks, and then, you know, we'll be back to what you really about. But anyway, allegedly. So, um, next hot mess, Latoya Lucky and that whole Tommy. First of all, this, ladies, let me say something. This is why it's not good to be desperate. I'm going to say that again. This is why it is good not to be desperate. Because when you're desperate for something, you are not paying attention. Anybody who knows me, any advice I ever gave, paying attention is the most important part of the relationship. And one thing us women do not do is some of these gents, we don't pay attention. The stuff that is right in front of our face, we we ignore. All we see is what we want to see. We want to see that handsome face. We want to see that six-pack. We want to see that muscles. We want to see that pain. That's what we want to see. We don't want to see the blaring, blaring signs of trouble. We don't want to see that. So Tommy, um, t- wasn't it Tomicus, whatever, Walker, he is a walking, flashing light. <laughs> I'm just saying. First of all, my thing is this, Google shit. Like, if you don't know nothing else, Google. He is a serial cheater. This is his second, like, all there, nothing new. Super flirtatious, even before she had that baby. Had a little bout with infidelity. Bruh, you go run, jump on it, get a baby. Another bout with infidelity, got another baby. After the second baby, Nothing about with infidelity. What are we doing here? But let me tell you something. As I always say, don't idolize people because let me tell you, she, her, one of her biggest idols, she want to be like Aventur Gray, the, the real John Gray, wasn't it? John Gray, the preacher, his wife. That's her bestie. Oh, I love y'all. Y'all are such goals. Mm-mm, that's not goals. Aventur Gray sitting up in front of the, um, the television and on social media looking like a a fool every day. You gonna let some man that look like John Gray embarrass you? With that Mitch Mark shape standing up there looking a fool, and you gonna be that man's door, like, what do you call it, um, footstool? He done cheated, flirted, and he always like to reword it. Oh, no physical, um... Nothing physical happened. It was an emotional cheat. All that bullshit. I don't buy none of it. But anyway, so she was, Latoya was very, um, she loved their relationship. She was very, you know, she wanted to be like that. And I think that she rushed into that relationship with Tommy. She was not paying attention to all the blaring red flags, red flags, red flags. You see red flags? Yes, I see red flags. Blaring. And, and she just was like, oh, I'm going to just go for it. But I mean, at the end of the day, I look at it like this. What did you lose? You didn't lose nothing. I mean, you lost your husband. Well, no, I don't even think they're going to get a divorce because she looked like that girl. She going to keep on. And if she got two kids, she going to keep this on. So I just feel like you got your kids. She always, she wanted kids. She wanted to experience being married. She had a beautiful wedding. She looked gorgeous in them dresses and stuff. You got that memory. Don't go and try to just drag it and you in an unha- uh, unhealthy and unhappy relationship. Like, I feel like that shit is not worth it. It ain't worth it. You ain't happy. I don't care if you got kids. You, you need to find your happiness. Don't be sitting there with somebody who don't want you all out in the community. You can't even enjoy him and call him your man. His, he got community penis. He out in the street. 
everywhere, giving your pain away. What's the point? My thing is, at this point, go ahead, get your divorce, get your alimony, get your child support, get whatever you're going to get, and keep it moving. But see, that's how I think. But anyway, them two, that was a hot mess. So, I don't know what this is about, but yeah, that's fine. And everybody always say to me, oh, why you don't never give Fab and Emily B no love? Because I think that they are the most toxic couple in history. Toxic 101. Fabulous and Emily B, the worst. Emily B, like I always said, been begging for Fab to acknowledge her since the first season of Love and Hip Hop. That is so desperate and a hot mess. But let me let let me let you be a witness to this. A nigga that used to look like Fabulous with that chipped up tooth, you gonna let a nigga that look like that treat you like shit? Impossible. Impossible. Y'all gotta do better with these daughters taking this bullshit from these Negroes. This is crazy to me. Fabulous ain't nothing to write home about. He still ain't, even with his teeth fixed. He ain't, he ain't nothing to write home about. Emily's so desperate, bending over backwards, up and down, trying to please him, and he don't even want her. Stop, stop being there and, 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 and inserting yourself where people don't want you. That's the thing. With women, a man going to show you that he don't want you, he going to show you how he treats you. Stop give. oh, I gave him a second chance, our family. Sometimes niggas don't want a second chance. They want you to leave. They want you to leave. They don't want you to forgive them. They don't want to work it out. They want you to go away. And I think a classic example is Fab and Emily B. He do not want, my thing is, this nigga cheat on you like a drag you all day. You don't have no body fat. You go and get it. That body look like a robot at this point. You got that same old Dr. Miami special. You you know, that obviously is what your um, you know, what your you want to look like that. That's your goal. And fine, but it's not keeping your man. It's y'all can get all the robo bodies you want. Go do all of these lard butts with these stupid um non-matching um hips. Y'all can go do all of that. If a nigga don't want you, he don't want you. It's a wrap for that. But anyway, like I said, first of all, and all of that, even with all of that aside, just think about the fact that Emily B, don't forget, Google again, there's a video out that her daughter can see. This man punched and knocked your veneer out your mouth. They showed the video. She was so scared of him running. And now you want to you wanna force this down to people's throat or we back back? I don't give a flying fuck. Fab and Emily B will never be nobody that I speak no praise on. That's the most toxic relationship. If Emily B is a prime example of an abused woman with zero self-esteem. I don't care how many matching outfits y'all got. I don't care how many matching costumes y'all got. I don't give a fuck. I don't care how many matching um chinchillas and, and color-coded cars. It's bullshit. And guess what your daughter is doing? Mimicking your same behavior. We got to do better, ladies. We got to do better. Because this is not where it's at. You got to get that self-love hitting. You got to get that independence hitting. You got to get that um um that drive and get up and go. Don't let no nigga sit around and treat you like shit. I don't care what you got. You got to know you worth it. 
and you got to know that it matters. Because black lives matter, you matter, okay? So, I'm going to leave it there because I'm getting a little riled up. I have to take me a breath. Woo-saw. Hoo-saw, okay? So, that's my little reality reels for the day. I'm going to sign off on that note, and we will talk soon. Later. Hello, guys. Welcome to Convos with Cam. Um, we're going to have a little bit of a discussion about, <laughs> I guess you could call it relationships and situationships and different things that come up. Um, I received a letter today for some advice. So a young lady reached out to me. And, you know, I'm a person who gives advice, you know, solicited. I usually don't add my two cents on people's situation unless I'm asked to join in, right? So I got a letter from a young lady, well, a text rather, um, about a situation she's facing. And she wants to know or have some opinion. So I said, you know, no problem. So the young lady, she is... 37 years old, she has two children, she is single, well, she is not married, she is in, or was in a relationship with a guy, the guy is not the father of either of her two children, um, she met him, um, obviously pre, pre-COVID, met him, on LIRR, they both take that to go to work, and she was like, she really thought he was attractive, and they started to talk or whatever, so she said, she said they talk sitting next to each other, they exchange numbers, right, while they was on the train or whatever, so she was like, you know, she admitted she was very interested because he was really attractive, and um, she said, I gave him my, I, I asked him, did he want to take my number, and he was like, of course, you know, sure, no problem, so she gave him his number, they, they, um, basically locked the numbers in or whatever, so she said that during, when she got home, you know, she didn't receive any message or anything from him, so she said she let the night pass to see if he would reach out first, he didn't, so she texts him, hey, this is such and such, met you on a train, you know, it was cool talking to you, whatever, whatever, he was, he responded, um, maybe like an hour later, saying, all right, thank you, you know, we should be, you know, we'll be in, you know, it is cool talking to you, too, we'll be in touch, so she said that, um, maybe like a week passed, she texted him, um, like, she texted him, but she made it look like it was a mistake text or whatever, so she said to him, you know, oh, oh my god, I'm so sorry, I didn't realize this was you, Oh, but anyway, like, how you doing? So he was like, yeah, I'm cool, whatever. She's like, well, what are you doing? And he's like, nah, I'm at, at the time when restaurants in the world was open, I'm at a restaurant. So she, she, she was like, oh, wow, that's crazy because I'm not even that far from here. So he says, oh, you want to come through? She's like, I mean, I'm not really doing nothing cool. So she goes to the restaurant. It was like a wing place. So she's like, they get there, they talk, and they have some drinks, the wings, whatever. Um, Bill comes, you know, he's like, you know, I'm getting ready to to leave out or whatever. But um, what you doing, like, what you, you know, what you getting into? She's like, I don't got nothing to do. 
So he was like, um, so she was like, well, I don't live far from here. You want to come over and hang out? I'm like, wow. Okay. So then she said he comes over, they hang out. Of course, she's attracted. They've been drinking. They have sex, right? So she's like, you know, sex was good. Very happy about that because she was super attracted to him. Sex was good. Okay, great. So now she, they have sex. She lets him stay overnight. So then she, they, basically he didn't end up going home that week. He ended up staying with her. So now she's like, you know, I'm really liking how this feels to have him around and have him with me. So, you know, let's see. If, you know, she said, you know, I really like you. She claims he says he likes her too. And, um, you know, they're going to try to work on something, right? So she said he was, at that point, he just stayed every day since. So now we at the six-month mark. She was like she was um in the bathroom. His phone was in the bathroom. She kept finding messages, ding, 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 ding. Um, The message came up. Hey, baby, what you doing? What time are we getting up tonight? Obviously, that ain't you on the other phone. So, okay. So, she saw that, confronts him. He like, yo, you know, this is this ain't even what it looked like, blah, blah, blah. She says they, they moved past it. I don't know what that means. But then she's like, um, they moved past it, she said, but maybe like a month later, same thing situation, same kind of messages she's finding. So she's saying to me, she really is now at this point that she's in love with him and she is some weeks later on her period, so she thinks she's pregnant and she needs to know how to move forward in, with the situation. What should she do? Okay. First of all, I think, okay, let's start from the beginning. First of all, you met him on a train fine, okay, I can only imagine what y'all was talking about on that train, surface things, I can almost guarantee by the time you got off that train ride, you don't even know where he work at, because when women start with, he was attractive, where are we going, not paying attention, see, I always talk about paying attention, when with something attractive, we know it initially that we like it, now we have been gazed and mesmerized by the wrong reason, right, so already you're not paying attention. Okay, great. So then, first of all, he didn't ask you for your number. I don't like that. Because it's, you are the woman. It is not your job to ask for numbers and chase no man. That is not your job. Your job is to be a lady and let a man be a man. Number two. Now, I'm not saying this is a new world. The ladies want to be aggressive. They want to be like, I like him. I want to take him home. Okay. That's what y'all want to do. That's fine. But that shit don't work. But that's fine. Okay. Keep telling yourself that. That's fine. But obviously, you looking for a traditional relationship. So, mm, not a good move. So, now, you ask for his number. Then, you text first. You already setting up how he going to treat you. Because he already see. Oh, she on it. Already. Right? Most women, when they attracted to a man... You can't hide it. They know already, right? So now you don't ask for his number and you don't um you text him first. Like where they do that at? Ain't no way it ain't I ain't never texting no nigga first. That ain't never happening. 
I don't know if it's because I'm old school. I'm not doing it. First of all, I'm not asking for your number. You don't ask for my number, it will be all right. Have a good day. Never to be heard from. I'm okay with stuff like that. But y'all, y'all into other things. All right, fine. So now, the fact that you text him first, y'all had a little dialogue that day. And then the next day, um, no call, no call. I think said a week later, no call, no call. So now, you going to stage a, a, a fake text? <laughs> like, you going to stage a fake text for him to answer you? See, that's some, that's some old new shit. I don't know nothing about that. Like, that's some old new type of shit. Like, I'm going to stage a text and act like it's a mistake so you can call me. That's a little too much for me, honestly. But, okay. So, now... This will be out with that. So now you already getting a response not solicited for you because you texting again. This is your second initiation text. I don't like that. Now you looking desperate. That's what you're looking like, right? Even if that's not what you're trying to give, you're giving desperation. Okay. So now he says, I'm out hanging out. You go and say, you invite yourself? I don't like this letter. I don't like this. Because you invite yourself to his outing? So now my thing is, you haven't given him an opportunity to be a man not once. Not one time. You Have you given him an opportunity to be a man? Not one single time. No, I don't like this. So then... You was it? Uh, all right. So you invite yourself to go out, have wings, have drinks, and then you invite him to your your house. What is wrong with y'all? Y'all not scared of the killer, man? When I was single, I don't trust nobody. I go on a date and ask you, let me see your ID, let me see your car registration. Niggas just think I was crazy. You ain't going. Come grab me, knock me over the head, and not to be seen from no more. Not me. Y'all too trusting. I don't trust nobody. You gonna go let this man come to your actual real house? My thing is, give me a hotel or something. Your real house? That's wild. I don't even know nothing like that in my life. So he comes see how, and not only do you invite him, you do all the calling. You do all the inviting yourself. You invite him to your house, and then you go. You haven't. You initiate the sex too. My thing is, you already setting up a problem because he don't gotta do nothing for you. You happy just not paying attention, looking at his face, looking at his body, looking for his penis. That's what you into. Now, you want to switch the game up. Now, because now y'all staying multiple nights, you now assuming what you in a relationship, right? Nah. Just because a man is sleeping with you consistently and you letting him stay in his house, your house, does that mean y'all in a relationship? And that's the confusion. The girls think they're in relationships. You are in sexuationships. That's it. That's not a relationship. You not, I bet you he ain't never called your girl, his girl. I bet you, I can bet money. You never been called his girl. You He never did shit for you. I, he never gave you money. I can almost predict he don't Hey guys, welcome back. 
Uh, I don't know what happened. We had got cut off. I don't know what happened, but this is the second part of the um, advice segment um, with the young lady calling about um, what should she do with this guy, right? So do me a favor. Check the segment, the advice segment before this so I don't have to go over the whole story again. So now, that's what I was saying. I was saying to this young lady, she's in like a sexuationship because basically... You just have him staying at your house. Y'all just having sex and he's staying. That doesn't mean you're in a relationship. And see, that's the problem. The girls feel like, oh, oh, he's here. We have sex. We automatically in a relationship. That's a that's a negative. That is not the truth. And that's why so many of these ladies is out here and they confused. First of all, this whole thing I don't like because once again, not paying attention, nothing has been established. The only thing that's been established is you first to do everything and you're going to do everything. That man don't feel the need to do nothing for you. Like I was saying before, I'm sure he ain't never paid a bill in your house. I'm sure you ain't never required him to do so either. I'm sure he sit around and let you do everything for him. I'm sure he don't do shit for you. I'm sure he don't tell you he love you. He miss you. He want you because you too busy up his ass up in his face. No, I don't like this. You have now set the tone for you to be basically his maid or his servant or his or his or his his um like sex partner. Like this is not a relationship. Then on top, you see what I'm saying? A nigga will let you do this. They will let you do this. They like, oh, cool. Probably keep a nice house, got kids, so you know you got kids. So you know you got all the good cereal, you got all the good food, you got all the good snacks. He like, oh shit, this is cool. Don't let it be winter, because you know niggas will get in touch and get close to you because they need a place to sleep. Let's not forget that. He like, oh, probably got nice linen on the bed, probably make the bed. I hope you a cleanly lady, clean your, keep a nice house. Why wouldn't he want to stay with you? Not that he love you. It's what, what else is he doing? Anybody who could come stay at your house for weeks and weeks and weeks mean he don't got no place to live. Where do he live? Where in the world can somebody go and you go somewhere one night with somebody and you stay a week? You ain't got no apartment to check. You don't got no puppy to check on. You That's not somebody who got an apartment. Anybody who got an apartment, they not leaving their apartment un, unexpected for a week and they don't go check on their shit. You probably got him right off the next bitch couch. Okay? Please no. Please no. These niggas will play you directly. They will play you and have you out here looking like a whole fucking fool. Alright. Stay on track, Camille. Stay on track. Alright. So now, six months done passed. You find, boop, boop, text message. Oh, babies. First of all, and you gonna say, we got past this. How do we get past this? In what way did we get past this? Did you ignore this? Get past me. Y'all done talked about it, worked it out, established some shit, effectively communicated. Everybody understands we're going to make a conscious effort to do better and move forward. That's work it out. No, what you're talking about is once again, like you did everything else, you ignored it and looked past it. Because you're not paying attention to anything that matters. You're only paying attention to what you want to see. Now, once again, red flag, red flag. Anybody see a red flag? I see a red flag. These are flags. All of these flags. He don't call you. 
He 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 you initiating all the texts, you inviting yourself on dates to go eat chicken wings, you inviting him to your house, you busting it open for him on the first night, you doing all of this, you giving him a place to live for six months. Red flags, blaring, fiery red flags. You don't see this, right? Okay, great. So then you get this message in your home, probably on a cell phone that you now pay or have connected to your, your phone carrier, because see, y'all be comfortable too quick. I can't, and I don't understand. Anyway, so now, all of a sudden, what? You, your period, what happened now? You late. L late what? You better mean late for work. Not late talking about no pregnancy. What's some nigga you knew for six months that don't do nothing and has not shown you anything? And you already got two children whose fathers are not mentioned? So I'm going to assume that they're not in their in, in their kid's life, maybe. So now what you what you want for a third baby father? No. Mm -mm. Absolutely not. And then after you think you're pregnant, ding ding, here come the phone again. And you want to what? Make this a relationship and bring a baby into this mess? Girl, no. Listen, you ask me for my advice. My advice is this. First thing. Get some boxes. Pack that shit up. Get him on the move. It is no need to continue this. If this is your place, you've been having it before. You you um you met him. He need to go. He needs to go. You need to detox your mind, detox your body. Okay, because this is not what you need. You better hope and pray to God, Lord. Please let this fool period come, cause she don't need no baby with this fool. You better figure that out. The baby is not what you need. No. You need to send him, give him all his, what you say, put his stuff in the garbage bag that he came with because I know he ain't got no fucking luggage like no reputable person. Anybody who could stay in somebody's house and don't go check on their own house for six months is homeless. So put this shit back in that um garbage bag, tie it up tight, let him, you know, let him get on back over onto the L-I-R-R. Change your locks and lock your door. Okay? This ain't what you need. You know what you need? You need a break. You don't need to be with nobody. You need to work on yourself. Focus on your kids. Get closer to the Lord. Because you got to work on making better decisions. I'm not saying what... I mean, this is not a judgment. This is just an observation. You have two children with two separate people. Right? For some reason, those relationships did not work. You have to now take the onus on yourself and say, I got to start doing some self-work. Maybe go see you a counselor, go to the therapist, go to the church therapy. If you can't afford a regular uh, 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 a regular um, therapist, go to church. Get some. You need something. You need to work on yourself and replenishing yourself and making sure that you're doing your best to make the best decisions. Making sure you understand the history of the trauma that you come from so you're not constantly making the same mistakes. You don't want to bring this, and I hope you don't got daughters, because you don't want your daughters to do what you're doing. You're obviously looking for love. You're obviously looking for support. You're obviously looking for a body. And, and, and the way you're going about it is not a smart way. I want to thank you for being vulnerable to... to, to, to um, you know, 
uh, share this letter and this information with me. You know, everything is anonymous here. I don't judge people, but I know for myself, what I think that you need to do, you need to really take a break and work on yourself because the only way you're going to be the best you is if you pull all of the good stuff that you need inside of you and use it. You got to do the work. You got to, um, um, know when, you know, the problem is you, you have to know that. And I think that that's important work to do. And you owe it to yourself and for your future. Because just because you live, this is a situation now, that don't mean that the, the greater is not coming later. That doesn't mean that. So, but you got to be ready. Everybody want a husband. Everybody want a, a long-term relationship. Everybody want to be all in love. And everybody want to be goals and black lo- hashtag black love. But it takes a lot of work to do that. You have to be evolved. You have to be um, um, aware. You have to be um, um, on your game. You know, not falling for the bullshit, paying attention to the signs, opening your eyes, not your legs, paying attention. That's what we got to do. And then you know what? The responsibility is greater now. You're somebody's mother. The way you move makes a difference. You just can't be out here. Back in the day, no kids. If you already got this letter, you ain't got no kids. You out here busting it open for chicken wings. Girl, do you. But this is not what we're going to do. You're a queen. You have to act as such. Get the work done, sis. It can be done. And remember, it's going to get better, but you got to do the work. It ain't never going to get better if you don't start working on yourself. All right? Thanks so much for the letter. You guys, thanks for listening. And it's been a real one. Okay? Um, Have a great, great day, and be blessed. Bye. Good morning, folks, and welcome to Convos with Kim. Um, We're going to do something a little different today. We're going to call it basically like a Freestyle Friday. So I usually do like my little reality reel segment, but we're going to do something different today. Um, I just um, wanted to just talk about just women and like self-love. It's a big topic, and I'm sure it will take more than this one recording. But I... I'm just, it kind of basically fell on my spirit because I feel like women, we have such a hard way to go. Like, especially as black women, you know, I know that there's a struggle for women, period, just as far as imagery and, 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 you know, body consciousness and, um, you know, what's attractive, what's not, you know, how should you do your hair? How should you would you, should you wear makeup? Should you not? You know, it's a lot of judgment on women. And, but I do feel like it's, it's definitely a little bit more of a, well, actually a lot of it, excuse me, um, more of a struggle for black women. I think that society is really harsh on black women. I think that black women are very hard on black women. And I think that as black women, we are hard on ourselves. And I'm just trying to, we got to figure out something because I know so many young ladies, they are struggling. They are struggling. They, um, they're not help. They're not happy just in general with their self, not even just with their self, just in general. It's a lot. And then that's where the connotation I believe comes from of like the angry black woman. I mean, I, for sometimes I feel I'm offended by that statement, but I do understand that statement. Let me tell you what I mean. 
I understand the concept of angry black women. If you think about the hand that black women have been dealt, well, what the fuck else are we going to be besides angry, aggravated, tired, mad, frustrated, um, um, sad, lonely, you know, all of those things. Because most black women were raised by black women who were, who had not really no support as it relates to a father in the household. You know, a lot of black women, they raise their black daughters as single mothers. So, you know, I have a new, not, not for not for nothing. I mean, as when I was growing up, all I saw was, um, you know, strong, single black women getting it done. You know, my grandmother, I mean, she was um, widowed, but, you know, all of my life when she was raising me, I saw her, you know, be a be building owner and, and and pay bills, you know, and just get things done, help her kids, give them money, help keep them together. And it was done so like effortlessly. And it's just was like she my grandmother was my superhero because I used to be like, how is it that you doing all of this stuff and you still look great, you still positive, you still um you know, all of those things. And I'm like how do you how do you do that? But then as I got older and I see all that it entails, it's like it, it's 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 amazing. Because sometimes I look like, how am I doing all of this stuff? I I, I got a lot of stuff to do. And I just don't even understand sometimes how I do it myself. And I'm a a woman, I'm a married woman, and I have a very hands-on husband like he's hands-on he's around he's in obviously he's around he's in the house but um my daughter he he's does this pick up and drop off at school he he has her all the time they you know i know a lot of women they child father even married women and women who living with their child father in a relationship they they don't even have their daughters or they they sons they don't even have their kids by themselves I know men who marry who ain't never changed a people. Like, what the fuck is that? So it's just like, it's a lot going on. Like, I feel like for me, I have a hands-on husband, and I know just how much work it is. So I have a new respect for single single mothers. Like, I have respect before, but knowing what it's like to be, shit, a married mother, I have a whole new respect for a, a single mother. And I have a... um household that has a um you know a, a good income i can't imagine being a mother working a job got children i don't know how the ladies do it god is so good because i know women got multiple kids working at a not a, a job that is not paying enough to support multiple kids in new york city it's only god so i do understand how frustrating that is shit i understand how frustrated i am I'm a person who I work, I, I work full-time job, professional job. I have a four-year-old, I have a husband, I have a household, I have a mom who's um, you know, having health challenges, which can be a lot, you know, a business, you know, it's a lot going on. So I know how frustrated I am. So I can't imagine not even having that support and then having to do all of that. And not only that, for multiple people. It's just craziness. But so that's why I understand what the connotation of the angry from. Because that is infuriating. And I know how, how upset I get that I don't get any time. I barely get time 
like self-care days and all this. Everybody, oh, self-care. Oh, listen, it's great when you can. But when you got a lot going on, I don't know. It just seems to be even more difficult to get those things done. Yes, I know it's priority. Yes, I know you got to do what you got to do. But I don't know. I, 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 I can go back and forth on that one. But I feel like um, I know how hard it is for me to get a self-care day because I'm a, a person who I don't have a lot of, um, like, support. Like, I got my husband, me and him, we we be in the trenches. We riding it out. We the only person, we mostly, it's mostly us that takes care of my daughter. She with us. So I don't have, like, I know people, they, they parent come get their kids for weeks. I, my aunt. She does that for my own, my own um cousin. She keep her the whole week, and then she only gets on the weekend. I'm looking like, wow, wh- what is that about? But, like I said, different strokes for different folks. But now, let me not get off the topic. But I understand why women are angry, because it's you're tired. You're, you're short. You don't got time for people wasting your time, especially if you got these kids, and this nigga don't let you down. They ain't around. They ain't paying no child support. They ain't even around. That's that's enough to be fucking angry. So watch what you say when you call women angry black women because this society is not set up for us to be skipping around. Like it's 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 really tough out here on us. And a lot of women, especially professional women, don't even make the money that they're supposed to make. And we are, as always, as a culture, we always gotta work extra hard to get to get the same thing somebody else got. You know, so, you know, it's a challenge. But I do know that's where some of that frustration comes from. Absolutely. But then I think about it in a whole nother realm. I think how, how much are you neglecting yourself? I feel like black women are neglecting themselves. They come from these families where they just made it. Like some of these families that we come from, they are not ideal. Some of these families, we had to run from these situations. We ran out of them situations. Abuse, seeing your mother be abused, substance abuse, physical abuse, um, inappropriateness, molestation, like um, broken trust from family members, no father figures, some no mother figures, grandmas, aunties, people raising you. So that already takes a toll on you. You know what I'm saying? As a person who wasn't directly raised with my mom either my mother was kind of like she was there but she was kind of like in and out so it it takes a toll on you even that because you thinking like okay you you know open school night people like who that that's your mother no that's your grandmother people like well where your mother at you know what i'm saying and i mean is it a big deal no do i know my mother is yes do i know um you know where my father is i do but does it not take a toll on it? still does. And so those are the things that we grow up with. It's all of those, that history that we grow up with. So it's just like to take all that, wrap that into being somebody and trying to reconnect and be in a relationship and be a whole person and be really happy. It's a lot. I'm well in my 40s and I feel like this. I'm just really scratching the surface of understanding where I'm, what I've come from, how, why am I the way I am? And, you know, it takes a whole lifetime to shape who you are. It's not going to take two or three days to become who you want to be. 
Because one thing about me, I have a, you know, as women, you, you develop a lot of walls. You know, oh, I don't need that. Let somebody, the first person you depend on, obviously, is your parents. The first man you trust and love or whatever, organically, is your father. First problem that a lot of black women have, your father let you down. And then from there, it's just like a spiral. I have learned in my own journey that because I had such an extreme relationship with my father, that I never really respected a man. I.e., angry, don't care about him, don't give a F. And then if you add that, on to having a man disappoint you or, you know, disappoint you, it's even more heightened. So I think in my life, I had one real disappointing relationship and I was like, F it all. Like I was done with the whole scene. I was like, God, listen, you know, I ain't finna be bothered with this. This ain't finna happen. So I'm about to be out here, somebody auntie up on some boat, getting my whole life doing me because i was like these niggas is crazy i don't got no time for this they like to play a lot of games i don't have it and i'm not trying to go to jail so it's best for me to just be single period because at that point i was like who me nah i wasn't about to do that one so i was just like i'm done with it Hey guys, welcome to Convos with Cam. Um, this is basically the second part of our uh, Freestyle Friday edition. We were discussing the stigma of the angry black woman and just um, trying to love ourselves and evolve and be better, be our best selves. I think when we ended, I was discussing like, you know, basically some of the things that we go through, you know, it's historic. It's some of the things that we encounter um, as a child growing up. Who was your support system? Did you have a traditional nuclear family? Did you have a, a grandma step in? Did you have, did you not have your father? Did you not have your mother? And just the level of, you know, in a way, displacement, neglect, um, an inconsistency that a lot of us have experienced in our lives, it helps to frame the type of, a, you know, the type of woman you are. I think that black women are taught to have walls up to the sky very early because you can't really depend on anybody. Like I said before, one of your first disappointments is the disappointment of either not knowing or not having your father consistently because that's, that's supposed to be who shows you how a man is supposed to treat you, how to be loved, X, Y, and Z. And when you don't have that at all, or you have it inconsistently, you don't get those things. So that's a part of the first thing. That's your first, you know, disappointment when you don't have your father or your father's not consistent. Because I do know fathers that are around, but they just are not, they don't have the ability to provide what their daughters need, or they don't have the ability to treat the their, their wives or their girlfriends or your or their their mates within a respect that this child the this daughter or whatever doesn't retain anything to make her know that she needs to be looking for something different in her life um I think that that's 
that's the core of it. Do I think that's a hundred percent the reason? No, I think that it all plays a it all plays a role. So, um, like when I think when we were um cutting off on the last one, I was just saying like after you have that with your your younger self, your parents, then you grow up, you get into these relationships, and then if you you fall for somebody, you fall in love, and that's the next disappointment. If you get with somebody, you you get with them, you love them, they cheat, you get with them, you have kids, they 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 bail out. That's the next set of disappointments. So when you meet in these ladies and you're like, oh, you don't trust me, your wall is always up. What are they? What are we coming from? We're coming from a plethora of disappointment. So like I was saying, I had about one good, good, disappointed relationship in my life. And I was like, nah, fuck this. I'm not about to be doing this. Because at a certain point, as you get older, that's what I would say. You got to take the time. You got to do the work. You got to do self-reflection. You got to know, are you the problem? You got to know, is he the problem? You got to know what needs to change. Because you got to be aware of your own shit first before you can do anything or make any good decisions. And I feel like for myself in that disappointing relationship, I had to learn that, you know, I literally have to take care of myself. I can't like, you know, when you want somebody to be everything that you want them to be in your head, but the reality is that person can't be that, nor do they have the capacity to be that. You have, I I feel like for myself, I had to learn, you got to be happy with you. You can't find your happiness in nobody else. It's just not going to work. Also, I had to identify, I have a big issue with respecting men. I just really got that, you know, information, I guess, really over the last few years. Because after you get, I guess, hurt or disappointed enough, you don't want to be involved in it. All the shenanigans, any small hint, sign of any any kind of bullshit, you like, nope, I'm out. So therefore, you don't really have no long-lasting, decent, um, um, committed, deep relationships because you like mm, waiting for the other shoe to drop, and that's you know that's how we're kind of programmed. It's not healthy. It's not the best way to do it. But is that the way it is? It is that way, and it's unfortunate. Like I know for myself, like the one thing I am grateful for is to add my grandmother was very. She was a tough woman, but she was really an evolved woman, and she really made sure that all of the things that I needed to get to survive that I got. Now, those are the good things because your, your moms and all of them, your mom and your grandmothers and all of them, they give you the things that you need to to make it. You got to do the rest of the work to make yourself happy and make you a rounded person or whatever. So one thing with my grandmother, she gave me like self-esteem, my mom too, and like the ability not to take really take a lot of shit or whatever. You know, because I look at some of the stuff that the ladies is out here dealing with. Mm-mm, I can't do it. Like these the, the level of these relationships they're so irrelevant and not worth your time and just I don't know. I feel like one thing about me I, I didn't I, I put up with some stuff, but I wasn't about to put up with the entire the entire foolery. You know what I'm saying? So um yeah, I, it's kind of crazy. Hi guys. 
Welcome to Convos with Cam. This is basically the ending portion of the Freestyle Friday podcast. Unfortunately, for some reason, I have been having some super technical difficulties and my episodes are being cut off, but um, that's fine. We still going to keep it moving. Um, I just wanted to finish that um portion off with saying, like, we were just discussing, um like, the 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 whole stigma of the angry black women and some of the things in relationships that we tolerate and some of the things that contribute to women being um you know categorized as angry um like i said this will be in long ongoing discussion but as i said before just a little recap just to say you know i think that it's an unfair stigma but it is an accurate stigma at times because we are tired we are angry we are are you know overlooked we are abused we are not taken seriously and it takes a toll on you but i will say this um black women are queens they are the strongest people you ever will meet it is a it is a pleasure and an honor to be you know a black woman or to be with a black woman and i think that our black men they need to step up and do better with um appreciating what black women bring to the table i think that in the eyes of black men sometimes I feel like black women feel like they are dispensable you know what I'm saying like how dare you be with a woman and have a child with a woman and leave her and and leave her to fend for herself it's like what do you expect them to be they're not gonna be just chipper and, and everything's all good it's very disturbing it's very um mentally you know mentally hard like I I don't know I just think that it's a big conversation and we just scratched the surface of it but I wanted to thank everybody for listening and I would like to get some of your feedback and commentary on it because we will continue to have this discussion because as you can see as we're on the third portion of this conversation it's obviously a very big conversation and a very relevant conversation and um it means a lot right and We will get back. We will discuss it. Hopefully, we'll have guests on to further discuss that that subject. So, thank you so much. I wanted to really end (laughs) that segment appropriately because it kind of just, like, drifted off. So, um, once again, thank you for listening. I appreciate you guys. And we will be back with much more content about a very, very serious subject. Thank you for listening and be blessed. Good morning, folks, and welcome to Convos with Cam. Hope everyone had an amazing weekend. Well, weekend. It's Tuesday. Um, I'm like, I don't know. I'm still um, on my weekend. It is actually Tuesday. But um, anyway, so just on a little quick check-in and follow-up, do a little reality um, reels. It may be a little bit of a reality rant. Um. So, yesterday, I had a couple appointments, and I was at my appointment, and my doctor says, oh, wow, did you hear the great news? I'm like, okay, what great news? He's like, yeah, the CDC just announced that two fully vaccinated people can be around each other without masks or social distancing. And he was like, that's such great news, right? And I'm like, "Mm, I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure about that news. I think that that is 
grossly irresponsible to even say something like that. We are still dead set in the middle of a pandemic. There should be no discussion of non-mask wearing. It is the most irresponsible thing ever. Like, I think that that's just, it's just something to make people put, first of all, they are trusting that people make good decisions. Obviously, you can see in the world we live in, in social media alone, if you don't even factor in anything else, you can see that the majority of the masses of people make terrible decisions. That is a definite. First of all, you shouldn't be talking about anything to do without having a mask on, period. Because these people out here right now, they are so... First of all, let's start with Atlanta and All-Star Weekend. I'm annoyed that they even had All-Star Weekend. I think that it's really a disservice to everything that we've been dealing with for the last freaking year plus. Why do you need to have All-Star Weekend? That is an opportunity for people to gather and be irresponsible. I feel like the reason we got Corona right now is because of All-Star Weekend last year. Check the facts. Somebody in there sick. And my thing is, we still got the variant out here. So you don't think the person up at the All-Star Weekend could possibly have the variant? Everybody on the plane says flights are a dollar. Back and forth. And they have it in Atlanta of all places. The most open place in the entire universe. Atlanta literally never closed. It is open, open. And I'm first of all, I see people, they are at clubs, pack clubs, people right up under them. Right next to them, strippers, no masks, bottle girls, asses out, people in people's faces. And I'm sitting there saying, yo, what the fuck is really going on? Every day is the Twilight Zone. I always say that. Every day since this pandemic has been the Twilight Zone. Because I just don't understand people. I don't understand. Like I always say, I'm a logical person. And it's so much illogical behavior out here is really alarming. Like, people, oh, I'm being safe, but every minute you at a restaurant, first of all, and then these distances and quote-unquote COVID practices that these restaurants are following, it's a lot. Like, somebody posted something from a restaurant sitting across from somebody, like, they knew them. It was so close. First of all, it ain't enough distance in this world, and these restaurants, y'all be in here tight, enclosed little boxes outside. Is it that serious? It's that serious to go have a cocktail that you're willing to go sit in a heated box in the street? It's like, why is... You need to figure out why is that that important to you. Or to go sit in an enclosed restaurant that dumb distancing practices are not even existing. Why you want to sit in a restaurant with people with shared air like it's cold most restaurants got the heat on like are y'all like does like the sensibility of this i struggle with finding it because obviously there's none but it's just like what's really going on oh people out you gotta go out that bad for the gram or for your facebook to show that you outside why why I don't see. First of all, and another thing, I understand in a way people are tired, right? But my thing is this: the planes, the pictures of people on planes, 
so close with the filtered, reused, reverberated air. I can't see it. I get it. I'm all for the go to your resort, do what you got to do, I guess. But that travel on the tight night, like tight, I don't know. I seen one picture. Somebody was in the middle seat. How? How is there a stranger in the middle seat? How? I don't know. But anyway, so that's what the CDC said. I'm so annoyed with that. Like, that was the most irresponsible thing ever to do. My thing is, the world is going to get back at some point. But even the Spanish flu took a minute. It's not, y'all going to be, well, y'all supposed to be, wearing these masks until at least 2022. I don't know what y'all think this is. It might be later today. Talking to my other doctor, they was like, yeah, we're going to be definitely doing this until 2022. But y'all just think, oh, because I just feel like I'm tired and I take my mask off and I don't want to be bothered with it, it goes away. I don't understand. But anyway, that's that. And then you got these little broke-ass girls going to All-Star Weekend, like, with no money. They were talking about how the hotel rooms was $1,300. Some guy on um social media was talking about how the hotel rooms was $1,300 a night at All-Star Weekend. In a pandemic, y'all motherfuckers don't even got jobs. Y'all the same ones worried about a stimulus package. Y'all the same ones worried about um unemployment being extended. How y'all spending thirteen hundred dollars on a hotel room? Yo, the babies got they 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 um priorities are not in order. I just sit in my house and look. I I literally don't got words. I just look. I just look because this the the level of like foolishness, I just can't handle. But I just had to say that because I was like, "What is really going on?" Then you got Tyrese out here. Like, first of all, I don't even want to talk about Tyrese. He is the most annoying, attention-seeking, needing, um, um, look at me, look at me type of Negro I ever seen. Like, he is the worst. I always say he's so toxic. All them songs and all that love song. And don't get me wrong, Ty- Tyrese got a few songs I love. But honey, Tyrese, he is a very sick man. Like, very. He's a very sick man. Like, no cap. Like, he's a real sick man. He got to get his life together. Because, baby, it ain't together. But um, that's it right now for the check-in. I just had to say that because I was very annoyed with that CDC announcement. And, you know, I live in Long Island. First of all... Long Island, they open. They open, open, doing whatever the fuck they want. I just be watching. I be in my car with my windows up tight, watching on my way to my home. Y'all go right on ahead and do that. I don't care what nobody say. I think it's ridiculous. I think that it's not that serious. There's no food that you should want that bad that you're willing to risk getting sick. Yeah, and people think, oh, well, if I get sick, I'm young, I'm, I'll be asymptomatic. Asymptomatic is the worst thing you could be. Asymptomatic is the worst thing you could be. Because that means that you going around, flailing your ass around everywhere, and you're not taking into consideration nobody else and what and what this is gonna do to them or somebody's grandmother, somebody's aunt, somebody's um person with asthma, some young because it's a young boy I know, 27 years old. He got asthma, they out there chilling, he get a hold of COVID, he dies at 23. Like, I don't know why people think, 
Oh, because it's a year later, it's it's now disappeared. N- literally nothing has changed. The only thing that has changed in the pandemic is that there's now a vaccine. Not a cure, a vaccine. So nothing's changed. And y'all still out here being inappropriate, doing the things that you're not supposed to do, putting yourself in danger because you don't care about your life that much. I, I got to believe that. Because smoking that hookah in that crowded club in Atlanta, for God's sakes, of all places, is that important to you? Why is that that important to you? You need, I keep saying it, it sounds crazy, but people need to reevaluate their life and, and what their priorities and what how do they care about themselves. Because the fact that you think that having a drink in a plastic cup outside of your house in an enclosed restaurant is that important that you're willing to take a risk with yourself? That you gotta really think about that. It's really deeper than the drink. The the you gotta think about yourself. That's a in you gotta start thinking about wow, what is it about me that I can't be with myself? Like I can't be with myself. I can't go get this food real quick, take take out and come home and be safe. Why why is it that I can't do that? I gotta be outside because I want to show it on the Instagram. Oh, I can't be home. I want to show these clothes off. Oh, my God. The worst thing they ever did was make Instagram and social media because people live for that shit. People live for that shit. That is their life. And that's so sad. I'm so glad I was not. When I was raised, there was no social media. I'm so glad because you actually got a real legit upbringing. You you know what it's like. Like, you know what I'm saying? To, to, to be with yourself, entertain yourself. Like, everything is just like, oh, for the likes, oh, for the... I, I don't know. I don't know. Between... Instagram between these clowns in Atlanta, these clowns in Texas, these clowns in Florida, these clowns period. Um yeah, I, I don't I don't know what to say at this point. The CDC, they foolishness, CNN, the news outlets and they foolishness. I don't know. But I know one thing, God is good. Y'all got to be praying. The people are not praying enough. We got to pray harder because this right now. It's crazy. Summer and spring, the way I'm going to be in my house with my door sill and my air conditioner on and my HEPA filter, new level. Because these Negroes about to be cra- I don't know why. People think because the sun is out and spring is coming and that these people tell you the world is open, that it's we done. I already see the behaviors. And I'm like, I'm not for it. I'm not for the shits. I'm not in the mood. The way, the way I'm going to be up in my house, me and my family going to be in our house, in our yard, on some old um, makeshift vacation vibes is going to be new level. Because I'm not out here. I don't know why everybody's so comfortable. It must have been. I didn't get the memo about the comfortability. That's what I'm missing. So till I get that memo and the facts that go behind the fact that we are no longer in a pandemic and everything is open and just be outside and just do whatever, y'all call me when I come through. Because at this point, I'm done with it. People are out of their mind. And I am and I'm, and I have come to terms with that. <laughs> and that's all. All right, guys. You guys have a good day. Y'all be safe. Put your mask on. Even when you got your mask on, don't be up on top of people. We don't live like that no more. I, it kills me because... We live, I, um, I'm in a, um, I work in a hospital. So my thing is this, bruh, I don't care if I got a mask on 
if I'm vaccinated, if I got a shield on, I don't want you near me. I don't want you near me. We don't live in that time anymore. And I always was a germaphobe. Pre-COVID, I didn't want people near me. I was um sanitizing my hands. I was wiping off everything, spraying everything. That's before Corona. So you know I'm on 10, 10 wins right now. So I'm not playing with nobody. Like, I don't have the desire to play with nobody. It's not something that I'm trying to do. And it ain't it. It is what it is. So like I said, y'all stay safe. Do what y'all got to do. And we'll talk later. Good morning, folks. Welcome to Convos with Cam. And I guess happy Thursday. It's not quite Friday, but we'll take it. It's what they call um <laughs> Friday Eve, okay? So, yeah, happy Thursday to you guys. Praying all is well with everyone. Um, I am in New York City. New York City, the weather is looking pretty promising. So, that's always a good thing. Um, yeah, so just wanted to catch us up on our favorite show, Married at First Sight, Season 12. We're going to do our little reality reel segment to catch us up on what's going on in Atlanta, okay? So, let's see, like, where do we start, okay? So, of course, let's start with our favorite couple, Paige and Chris. Okay, so, Chris, what happened? Okay, so, last we spoke, Paige agreed to meet with Chris and his future baby's mother or his ex-fiance, whatever we're calling her. Okay, so she agreed to meet with her. I think we talked at length about how, you know, Paige handled that in a whole, in a real different type of way. But, um, okay, so now Paige gets a call from one of, from Chris's, like, minister or, like, pastor or whatever. So he calls her, which I thought was interesting, and he calls and sits across the page and telling Paige, um, you know, I think he really made a bad choice. You know, I think that you are the one for him, this and the third. I don't know how I felt about that because mm, it, it felt like extended camera time and make me relevant and let me be on TV. I don't, I don't know if he was really trying to be a real counselor and confidant to her. I do feel like it was a little touch of mess with it because um so Paige was like oh yeah because he told me that they couldn't get the sonogram for another month and that the girl was six weeks but when we first started she was supposed to be seven weeks I don't even know if the girl is really pregnant and I'm sitting there saying "Mm, that's a possibility but I feel like this this is what ladies this is why we got to do better at this point why do you care why do you care? This man has literally embarrassed you and and at this point disrespected you several times on television. He's first of all, I can't get over the fact that he basically called you ugly and had sex with you multiple times and still playing playing with your emotions. That's the part I don't understand. And you're still there, gun ho to to entertain him. And I don't like the play. I don't I think they playing with guards. Um, because everything she says, oh, let me see what the Lord leads me to do. And I feel like, mm, 
don't put this mess on God. Put the, this is a mess. Put that on y'all. Like I don't I don't like that. So then she's like, oh, you know, all of that. That's her speculation. So then the minister guy's like, yeah, because if you find out that she's not pregnant, then he's gonna be like, oh, I wish I had stayed with Paige. No, he's not. What? Who are y'all looking at? Y'all not looking at the same Chris I'm looking at on this television. Chris don't give a fuck about nobody but himself. He don't even care about that baby. He care about himself. He cares about his image and himself. That's it. So then, I don't know. The pastor friend was on there. I was a little surprised by that. But then the pastor friend went and talked to Paige and didn't tell Chris. Mess. Mess. You don't know Paige. You supposedly knew Chris since he was a kid. It's messy. Feels like camera time. So then, Paige says, okay, well, I've agreed to take a meeting with him because Chris want to meet up. What are we meeting up for again? I'm so confused. So, okay. So, she goes and sits across from him. He's sitting there looking dumb, not saying nothing. Smiling like this is a joke. Looking like lights, camera, action. Paige is like, what are we really doing here? With that crazy smile she got sometimes. It's really annoying. So she's like, what are we doing here? He like, I don't know, because I want to raise my child in the same home. But then in the same token, I'm, I feel like I might be making a mistake by losing you. I don't know. This and the third. My thing is, bro, you had nothing but time to figure out this at this point. Why are you sitting up here with a whole camera crew saying nothing? He was sitting there like a little child, falling back in the seat. Doing like I'm sitting there saying, what are you doing? So she apparently fake. I feel like I'm starting to get fake. I don't like it. She gets up, she goes to the producers. You see, this is what I'm talking about. He playing around. He's wasting my time. I don't like my time wasted. Obviously, you love your time wasted. You love your time wasted because you keep showing up for Chris, and Chris ain't showing up for you. So then, the producers go back and tell him. Because I already know the producers hate him already, too. Because he's an asshole. So, the producers say to her, well, you need to be clear. Go back and tell them that you're done. And we can move on. What does, what does Paige do? Absolutely not what they say. She goes back on there looking dumb. Trying to be hopeful. Who, like, my thing is this. This is sad. You, you, you begging for a man that bad. And I don't care you married or not. You don't be in there begging, putting yourself forward constantly you the only one working towards something a marriage is a joint partnership he's not doing shit you the only one giving second chances desperate to hear him say he might want to give you a chance no what chris want he want to be on this camera get these checks a little longer and he want to take a couple rolls in the hay with you again before he officially leave you for the girl that physically looks like the girl in 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 you know, complexually looks like the girl that he wants to be with and wants to be paired with. That's what's really going on. And like, Paige, you're so smart, but you're so dumb. It's unbelievable. So then it's just like, girl, what are you really doing? And, I'm, and it makes me cringe at this point when I look at the two of them on camera because I'm like, Paige, here you go looking desperate again. Here you go looking thirsty again. And I'm saying to myself, why is it this serious? I don't even think Chris is attractive. He's like a toddler. He's an overgrown toddler. He's a child. 
He acts like a child. See, to me, I'm a grown-ass woman. I don't like no little boy behavior. That's not something I'm attracted to. But, once again, ain't me. That's her. But it's just like, we got to do better. These standards are very low, ladies, out here. There are no standards. These standards are low. So now, he's sitting up in there smiling, her face looking dumb. So, once again, he says it again. My baby, I want to be my baby. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Why does he get to be unsure this many times? On you. On your behalf. Because you have just as much time as he have just as much time. Y'all signed up for the same experiment. Why does he get to have this much being unsure? Anyway, so now, my thing is this. And also, if you're serious about me and wanting to be with me, you should be taking me. You know, I'm not saying go up in an ultrasound appointment, but I should be knowing what's going on. I should be seeing these sonograms. I should Because... If that's what you're trying to do, that's what I think. Because that's what she's trying to do. Because me, I'd have been done. As soon as he was like, oh, I think I love, oh, bye. No, first of all, as soon as I heard baby, I'm out. Because I'm not doing that. So, um, yeah, but anyway. So, um, that's what I said with Paige. He's not showing you anything. He's saying things, but he's not showing you nothing. But just because he's saying, okay, so now, he's going to tell me, can we get a reset? Reset? reset reset on what your life is still the same ain't nothing to reset you still planning that other girl playing with the other girl playing in her face so talking about oh you know you trying to be with her you and then the girl gonna say on the last meeting that they not in a relationship they just gonna have a baby so why you gotta break up with this girl if you're not in a relationship you trying to get back with her and raise your kid in the same household you're not gonna raise them in the same household if y'all not together and my thing is, I hate the fact that this girl is not listening. She not listening. She not hearing. She's not what? Paying attention. And it really makes me sick. Because we can work and do all of these things, educate ourselves, put ourselves in financial, financially beneficial, you know, situations. But it's always something like this that brings it down. It takes away from you. You sitting up here as smart as you are looking dumb. So thirsty to have some men. It's not worth it. But anyway, so then she gonna we're gonna do a reset. So they reintroduce his they self. Oh, I'm Paige, I'm Chris. And still again, not one conversation different. All that's gonna do is reset them in the bedroom, get to roll around for a couple times. And Paige wanna roll around too. Let's be let's be clear. She wanna do, she wanna roll around too. And it's gonna end up with nothing, nothing but feelings hurt, feelings hurt. That's all it's going to end up with because Chris, you letting Chris run this. He's telling you how it's going to go. You have, you have definitely relinquished your power. And it's really, it's sad. I don't, I don't like to see that because I don't like to see that. So next week, I'm sure to be a whole bunch of nothing. Then Chris, this shows us the, the um, scenes from next week. Chris is telling the pastor, oh, I don't want nothing else to do with you again. No more. But you you said this was your like your brother, almost like a father figure. But all right. Anyway, I'm sick of them. The the two of them, I'm, I'm kind of sick of them. So moving on. So um, who's the oh Brianna and Vincent? Like I said, I love them. Like 75, 80 percent of the time, I love them. But baby, that other percent. That that other 20, I'm concerned. Vincent got a problem. 
I think at this point, I think Vincent got a mood disorder because okay, so Brianna and Vincent, they already discussed that they're in love with each other. That was quick, but cute, fine. Because I was like, I asked my husband, you think you can fi- fall in love in five weeks? He was like, yeah, I mean, I guess. So I'm like, yeah, all right, fine. So they in love, fine, great. So now everything looks great. Everything looks perfect. So on the wedding day, Brianna apparently said that she wanted, he because he said he rides a bike. Brianna said on the wedding day, apparently, oh, yeah, you know, I want to start riding a bike. I'm going to get me, I want to get me a bike or whatever. So he surprises her with a bike. It was very cute, very sweet, very indicative of a man that listens to you when you speak, hears what you're saying, and acts on it. That's a good thing. That's a good quality. I love that quality. That's a great quality. I, I love that quality of my husband. He pays attention. And even when I'm not paying attention or talking, I'm just talking. He's listening to what I'm saying. It'll be something I don't forgot I said. And then he'd be like, remember you said this? Here's this. And I'm sitting there like, oh, my God. I didn't even realize I did that. But anyway. So, yeah, I like that quality because that means that makes women feel cared for. So that's a great quality. So I thought that was really cute. Very good. I was like, ding, ding, ding. This is going good. So then... As a good wife, if a man is good to you, you make sure you be good to him. So she says, you know, we're going to go take surprise dance classes. So um, Vincent is a Latino, but she took him to a salsa dancing class. And I know from living in Brooklyn, salsa is for the Puerto Ricans. Bachata, that's for the Dominicans. So Vincent is Dominican. So I don't know if because Brianna didn't know that. Or she was trying to teach him something different. I don't know. But for whatever reason, they in the class. <laughs> Vincent had on this super tight shirt, sweating. I don't know. What was going on. When he starts sweating, he get angry. <laughs> so he in there, I guess he not picking up the salsa steps and see um, um, Brianna. Apparently, she's a dancer. She probably was a ballerina because she got a very ballerina sculpted little body on her. She looked real cute, too. She had a little tight dress on, her heels on high. I was like, come on, wife. Come on and step out. It looked cute. So they doing the thing. Brianna's making fun with it, you know, trying to do the dance. And he was having some challenges. And the dance instructor, I mean, he was a little spicy. You could tell he was trying to get his five minutes of fame. He was doing a lot. So I guess Vincent felt some type of way because he wasn't picking up on the dance moves as fast as maybe he would have liked to. He got, he totally changed. Whole attitude change. You could tell internally he was trying to calm down. And I'm sitting there saying, we talked about this before. Is Vincent an angry person? I'm starting to really think Vincent's an angry person. Because, but I'm not sure angry how. Like, angry slap a hoe? Angry, you know... Like, I don't know what I don't know what that is. I'm still trying to figure it out. And it's actually starting to scare me a little bit. Because I will give it to Brianna. She's growing. Brianna really must be in love with Vincent. Because she's growing. <clears throat> Excuse me. She's growing. He was getting upset. She was like, honey, you all right? You know, is everything okay? Checking in. Doing all the right things. 
he still was already like turned off. His whole attitude was like, <clears throat> oh, excuse me, guys, it's different. These allergies is crazy. Anyway, he was already like turned off, and it was very like alarming to me because I'm like, and he was like, I'm good. She was like, oh, she was like, are you okay? And he was like, no. <clears throat> excuse me. He was like, no. Mm, sorry, let me get something to drink. Excuse me. Okay, so he was like, you are right? She, and he was like, no, And but he wasn't giving no elaboration. He got a whole different facial expression. He drinking water. He's like, I'm really hot, and I'm ready to fucking, <coughs> excuse me, oh, God, come on, and I'm ready to fucking go. That's what he said, something like that. And I'm like, damn, Vincent, what happened? So Brianna was like, mm, obviously, you got an issue right now, so I'm not even going to probably. She probably was like, I ain't even going to fight with you right now. You know, you know what, guys? Let me. My allergies are acting. Uh, <clears throat> all right, I'll, I'll, I'll be back. Okay. What's up, folks? Guess who's Bizak? I hope my allergies trying to take me out this morning. <laughs> but anyway, I'm trying to um. Let me finish my little recap on um, Vincent and Brianna. Yeah, so like I said, I'm a little worried about Vincent, and I feel like. Brianna has really done some work. She's really happy to have him. She's really happy to be married. She's willing. She's really willing to chill out and, you know, on some of the things, some of that overly controlling, you know, they, some people call it masculine energy. She's willing to work on toning that down. But listen, Vic, Vincent, he got to get his shit together because soon as he keep, he keep doing this to um, Brianna and leaving her hanging because she don't know what's going on, them walls is going right back up. It's going to be a wrap. They're going to be arguing and fussing at each other all the time. Like I said, at first I was like, oh, maybe Vincent and Brianna should go see somebody, go to therapy. No. Now, definitely. Vincent and Brianna need to go to therapy. Right now, immediately. First of all, they need Pastor Kyle in there. They need, yeah, they need Pastor Kyle in there. They don't need nobody else in there. I think Pastor Kyle will be what they need to get what they need to get. Because Vincent, something happened to him. Something is wrong. I don't know what, he's like 80% amazing. But baby, that 20% is something in there. So, I'm, I'm, I don't know, but I need them to get that together. Because he seems very upset and mad, and then he shuts down, and then he becomes, like, combative, and I don't know what that's about, but it's from something, so they need to go see somebody, so I wish them the best, but, yeah, they gotta get that together, um, next, Mm-mm-mm. Eric and Virginia, I don't know about them, because at first I thought this was a, a complete and utter doomsday, now they like, oh, we in love, and I want to spend more time with you. So I don't know what's going on. They're not really talking about what Virginia's doing. When Virginia's not with Eric, is she at the club? Is she still going to her male friend's house? Because apparently he he's a pilot, so he's away a lot. So she was like, you know, I mean, like basically she was missing him. I was like, okay, Virginia. So I don't know. Maybe this might be the shakeup of the season. This might be the couple. Like, I don't know. 
but they they seem to be getting along well. I do feel like Eric is controlling in his own way. And I think that Virginia is willing and wants to do all of the things that he wants to do. No, but see, Eric wants kids like real soon. Virginia like mm, Virginia likes to hang out and go to the club and party and drink. I cannot see Virginia not drinking for nine months. I cannot see that. She is a drunk. She needs to drink all the time. Every time that her eyes are open, she needs a drink. So, yeah, I don't know about that. And, I, and she's like, I don't want a kid for like five years. Eric is like, oh, I want kids sooner. I think the advantage is she's young, so they do got, they got a couple of years, you know, of time to, to you know, prolong that. But Virginia don't want to be nobody's mother. She can't even take care of herself. Virginia need to go to therapy. I'm sorry. My answer is not. Well, yeah, my answer is therapy. People need to people need to go get together because they don't know what's going on. I think that Virginia needs medication for her anxiety. She's very anxious. She's very fidgety. It's really, it's it's a thing. She got to go get some, some, some help with that. Like, that ain't just going to go away. She got to go get some assistance with that, period. Then... The kid thing, Virginia is very irresponsible and childlike. I don't think that Virginia... Virginia would be the person who will literally leave the baby and walk the fuck off. She's not ready. And I don't think that he needs to push that because she's not ready. And I think that she isn't well within her right not to be ready. She is not ready. First of all, she's going to resent the baby because she got to stop drinking. Second of all, when you are pilot, you're you going to leave that little baby there with this lady? This lady who drunk, this drunk lady, no, it's just not good. They, you're not ready. It's not ready. But then they show the clip of next week. If he's saying if she don't want no kids, she done, he done. He gotta stop doing that because the last thing it was something else. He was like, if she don't do this, then we gonna we might as well get a divorce. You can't talk like that, even though you might mean it. You can't talk like that because you can't. It comes off as controlling. And she's very resistant to control. Somebody has controlled her. Someone has treated her bad, obviously, in her life. She has a very tumultuous relationship with her own father and marriage and the outcomes. So he got to do a little bit better. They got to do better. He got to be a little more patient. But I'm proud of her effort. I am. I don't. Well, I mean, they didn't start with, oh, she be in the club while he, he on flights. But... She looks like she misses him. She looks like she wants to be with him. They very close and connected. It's babe, and he's cooking for her and doing sweet things. And, I mean, I think if they communicate, but she don't communicate well either. He talks at her, and she just be like, okay, no, that's not going to work. That's another sign of that control. He's like, oh, well, we talked, I talked to you a lot about me being away, and you said you were okay with it, Right. No, that's not, what kind of question is that? It's a leading question. She should have said, yeah, I agree with it. Okay, I know this is your job. It's going to take some adjusting to, but I don't love it. That's what you say. But, yeah, they got, you know, it's a, it's a lot of work. I thought they'd be done by now, but obviously, they liking each other. In a good, like, relationship, uh, attractive, attractive relationship, Good, healthy sexual relationship 
and that will hold that will that will pull a relationship a long way. So that's why you got to make sure you back up and do the work because th- this is only five weeks. Everything's great at five weeks because all you're doing is having sex, eating, drinking. That's it. That's all you're doing. So you know you got to get some more substance into the relationship. So I don't know. They good. They like each other. Honey, we shall see. Who next? Um. Jacob and this girl. Jacob. I don't want to say her name is Haley. I don't know why I always forget this girl's name. Jacob and Haley. Hmm. I don't know. I thought they'd be broken up. With their suitcases packed by now. But I don't know. They really like thugging it out. I gotta say it's commendable. I think that Haley is full of shit. And Jacob got a big, a really good shit de- bullshit detector. That's the, I don't know no other way to put it. Jacob be calling her ass out on her bullshit, and she cannot take him. He confronts it from the top. He was like, so he asked her off camera, you know, do you feel any kind of physical attraction to me? Here she go. No, but attraction can grow. Sounded like that stupid ass guy from the seasons before that played with that other girl. So... You know how I feel. I don't like to grow in, in attraction to grow in love. You either feel it or you don't. Attraction is something I don't know. I don't know. Can attraction grow? That's a, that's another topic we could talk about. I personally, I don't think so. I think that physical attraction, it got to be there. I think that you got to be attracted to that person. I think that you got to look at them randomly on a random Tuesday, one day, um, lifting a garage door, and you like, mm, yeah, I could do that. You got to. It, it, I just don't think. I don't know. I don't think it could. I don't think you can grow yourself and make yourself be physically attracted to somebody. I think that you can love somebody over. I don't know. Don't let me. Don't let me misspeak. Let me think about that a little bit because I think a physical attraction has to be there. But then I know, you know, people that's really good people treat you really well. You could grow to love them. And I don't know. We'll talk, actually, we'll talk about that on another show because that's a good that's a good um topic. But anyway, um, so when she said she wasn't initially regularly attracted to him, he was like, well, I don't think it it could work if you're not attracted to the person. So we want to just get this divorce. Love him. I love him for that. Love him. He be she crying. Oh, feel sorry for me. He be like, nah, we can move on. I'm starting to. Jacob is gaining points. He is gaining points. Okay. So then she goes out, buys him a bunch of new shirts. I thought that was nice. Cause I feel like this. Everything. If somebody cares enough about you, they will work with you, right? So I think that. But, see, the only problem I didn't like, Haley just went and bought the shirts and just brought them back. I feel like 
you probably should have had a conversation first and saying, you know, Jacob, I like you. You got a nice body, you know, but you, and you know, some of your, your style is a little quirky. You know, I like, you know, I like certain things on my, on my, on my man. And, you know, I like this. I like that. This, that, and the third. And then let him know, okay, well, and let him say, you know, okay, that's cool. You know, I got my own style. If there's something you like to see me in, I'm open to look at it. Something like that. Then you come home with the surprise. But Jacob was a good sport. He tried on the shirts. The shirts was fine. I feel like he dressed like that anyway, but maybe I don't know. So it was fine shirts. They was cute. Jacob, once again, I felt this was a good moment. He was like, wow, I never had nobody just buy me something just to buy it for me. That's nice, right? That was a caring, that was a love language, right? So I felt like that was a good moment that they shared. And she was like, you never just had somebody just buy you something just for no reason? He was like, nope, only Christmas and birthdays. Look at that. So that must have made him feel nice. That's a nice feeling. Okay, so then they just was going back and forth, going back and forth. But I feel like, you know what made me really think, like, damn, this actually might work? Haley said, I don't want to be single anymore. I want to be married. I'm going to work on this. I thought that was very mature of her because she's really like a fool sometimes. So I was feeling, I was fairly, um, I felt like, wow, okay. And they showed them on a date talking to each other. She's starting to get used to Jacob's humor. You know, they kind of feed off of each other with the sarcastic humor kind of bullshit. I feel like it felt cute. I don't know. I feel like I feel more hopeful than I did because, baby, I was concerned. But, I mean, it seemed good. It seemed good. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like this might be, they might turn this thing around. So, yeah, I was, um, yeah, I, I felt good about that. I was like, okay, so. They they about to do this and work together. And I think only thing that Jacob want, <coughs> excuse me, is to know that she want to be there. And I think that's all he want. He want to know that she wants to be there and likes him enough to try and work towards making something solid. Because they both got, what my grandma just said, the stick to right? They both got that I'm a stick in it. I want to be here. I think that if you start with that, I mean, it's really not where to go but up, I think. I don't know. So we'll see about them. I'm actually a little bit more intrigued about them, see how they're going to do it. But um, they need a therapist, though. Uh, here we go again. They need a no, they don't even need a therapist. They need a mediator. Because Jacob say one thing, she hear one thing, she say one thing, he hear one thing. They don't hear. They're not hearing what each person is saying. So they definitely need a mediator. They need, like, Dr. Pepper. They need Dr. Pepper. They need a couple rounds of Dr. Pepper. And I think they'll be all right. Hands down. I do think that. So um, Clara. And why is it I can't think it is? Is it Ryan? Clara and Ryan. I think it's Ryan. I hope it's Ryan. So. Clara and Ryan. 
All right. I don't know about them. I do not. I told y'all, Ryan is not flexible. He's not a flexible person. And I think that that's going to be an issue. <laughs> I think I think it's going to be an issue. First of all, okay, so Clara, she's mad now. It has turned in from frustration to just straight up mad. Whoa. Sorry. Um, Ryan is, um, no, Clara. Clara is mad. I think that she's really mad that Ryan is not having sex with her. Ryan is not really expressing any feelings with her because she's very like, show me your feelings, tell me what you feel, da 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 And I think that she's extremely bothered that he's not doing those things. I think it's the sex thing because she feels, I think she feels like he's not like being attra- I think he, she probably think he's not attracted to her because it's been a minute and there's been no sex. So I think that that bothers her a lot. So it's it's causing her to shut down because she's a person. She she always say I love everybody. I'm always in love, and I think she needs to stop saying that because I think that that turns Ryan off. I don't think he likes that, and I think when she uses the word love, it puts a pressure on him. He feels pressure when she says she loves him. I think personally, I think so. But um, Ryan, I don't know. He got a lot of little shutdown moments. He's a he's a bit of a um a oddball. He's a um yeah. He's not like he's not fun and spontaneous. Definitely not that. He's very structured, serious. The stuff he talks about probably way more serious than anything Clara's ever experienced in her life. And that's the thing. This is also the thing about interracial biracial relationships. Aha. People always be listen. This is what I'm talking about biracial relationships. He's like on the show with his Black Lives Matter shirt, talking about you know the cause. I wake up with a purpose, you know, da da da. You know, I'm, I'm what, do, what do you feel like drives you? What do you feel like you need to contribute to the earth? I don't feel like white people feel like that. Black people are some of the only people that feel like driven. But not even driven organically, driven just because you got to be. To be anything and to be anybody, you got to be literally three to four times better than the average person as a black person. So I think that he's feeling the weight of the world on his shoulder as a black man, especially during that time. It's a racial unrest. Like white people, they cool. Oh, black lives matter. I'll go to a rally for you. But they don't understand the experience. So she like, I just wake up and think about donuts. She not worried. She don't wake up with a purpose. What she got to wake up with a purpose? She wake up. She got that beautiful blonde hair and that white skin. That's gonna get her mostly, most of the most of the way. That's gonna get her about sixty five percent of the way. Now, don't go have a personality. Don't be smart. Don't have an education. Then boom, boom, boom. But that's gonna get her sixty percent of the way. So I think that on that level, like what do you call it? Um, like logically, like on a on a on a um, intellectual. That's the word. On, intellectually, I think that there's there's a lack. I do. 
So I don't know about that. He's really not motivated by anything she's talking about. She's not motivated by anything he's talking about. I think she'll be more motivated if they have sex. But she's like, I don't know. She's just like, F this, man. I'm over it. And she was acting out like a little child at that donut place. So I don't know about them. And her act, she's too, she's like, she's like annoying. She's annoying the way she talks. She's very, and it could come off like condescending sometimes. And I think Ryan's thing, he don't listen. He hear her, but he don't listen. Because I guess she's too much. He's, I think he tones her out. He has the same answers for everything she said. He's like, uh-huh, yeah, okay, definitely, sure, sure, sure. When he says sure, that thing bothers me. Because that is an instant notification. You are not listening to nothing. And I'm saying, sure, 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 sure. So, I don't know. I think they in more trouble than we think. I do think that. So yeah, I think that's all the couples. That's the recap. That's a lot going on with them. But um, the couples to watch, Vincent and Brianna, to see how this thing play out. Cause I'm a little worried. Um, yeah, I'm a little worried about them. And um, what is the other ones? Vincent and Brianna. And, um, I mean, Paige and Chris, that's nothing to talk about. Because I feel like he won't embarrass her yet again. Because once a nigga do it once, he gonna keep doing it. And she gonna see, still can sit up there looking dumb, like, huh, what, what's happening? She's silly, so that's fine. Yeah, um, yeah. Eric and Virginia. Yeah, they might work it out. And Jacob and Haley. Yes. What do you want me to do? I gotta turn. Sorry, guys. All right, so have a good one, guys. All right, bye.